0: What's up,
1: friends? This is No Creamer. I'm Nick Richards, and today I'm joined by Andrew Martell. He has been a barista for White Rhino Coffee for a couple of years and is starting a new coffee cart business called Uptown East Coffee with one of his friends, also an avid disc golfer.
0: Yes. Yeah? How's oh, it going, yeah. dude? It's going great, man. <laughs> is
1: avid the right word to use there?
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Avid, not... I would say avid is probably less than amateur in okay. a way. Okay. So.
1: It's a uh, dude, one heck of an enjoyable sport. I got into that with some buddies, I would say maybe four or five years ago and it's awesome.
0: It's a great, it's growing too.
1: Dude, it's crazy. It's, it's like huge. you see highlights on ESPN now yeah. or I guess for the last couple of years, really you start seeing highlights, which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a, uh, we'll get into the coffee stuff. I'm curious, do you have a favorite player? Is it,
0: man, um... I don't
1: know if that's the right word. Disc golf player, yeah. disc golfer.
0: There you go. Um, I like Ricky Wasaki. Yeah. It's pretty good. The dude
1: can putt like nobody's business. Oh, that's. He's an animal.
0: And then uh, Brody Smith is kind of the hot topic right now mm. in disc golf.
1: Okay. Switch I don't know sports.
0: That name. He uh, was an ultimate frisbee player. Oh, okay. Sponsored by Discraft. Switched to disc golf. Shoot. And within like a year now, year and a half, mm-hmm. he's like competing at a professional level. That's insane. It is. So. Wow
1: and that's not like not an entirely different set of muscles it's just a different way of thinking about what you're doing
0: yes for yeah. sure
1: that's cool man well uh, for the episode today you picked a, uh, a roast from counterculture it's their gradient which is a Colombian it's definitely a Colombian, dude. This thing is- It's is, really uh, good. It really, has like some really dark chocolate flavor, some, some nuttiness to it. It's, it's good, man. I yeah. like it. I'm not sure how much of this I'm going to drink at, uh, at four o'clock in the afternoon. That's right. <laughs> dude, I don't know what happened in the last couple of years because I was in coffee for a long time. Mm-hmm. And um, in the last couple of years, my caffeine sensitivity is just like spiked. So we'll see how much I get into this. I've one.
0: definitely had to go on like caffeine fast. Yeah because I've gotten in like weird funks of caffeine not affecting me at all, Mm -hmm. especially when you're dialing in every day and just drinking it so much. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, this is not healthy. (laughs)
1: Did you ever drink energy drinks? Was that a thing for you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Dude, all I remember is, what are those called? In high school, every day I would swing by, for like like three months or so, I'd swing Mm -hmm. by the gas station to get a, um, like the tall version of the full throttle energy drink and the NOS, which, that is what kind of turned me off for those because I remember this one time specifically where the NOS one, like I hadn't drank enough of it and um, I took a drink of it and it was like a different, it wasn't liquid anymore, it was more of like a like a gooey. Wow. Very odd, so, but dude, I, yeah, massive like caffeine uh, intake and stuff and I started having withdrawals from those. Anyways, that's a, that's a lifetime ago. I don't I, touch energy drinks moved anymore. moved on. That's right, moved on to just black coffee all the time. Yes. So you're starting a, a coffee cart business with the frontiers?
0: of yours. Yeah. So it's actually my friend's business. Okay. His name's uh, Sawyer. Okay. Cool. super Cool guy. Shout out him. Um, so he kind of, uh, reached out to me and another friend, Ian, uh, about a year ago okay. saying, Hey, I want to start a cart, like ask for like suggestions on mm. machines, different stuff like that. Um, super smart business guy. Yeah. And, um, I've now started to do like some different events with him for cool. uh, some colleges and stuff. And that's just been really fun.
1: That's awesome, man. Yeah. Was he in the coffee industry beforehand or was it kind of like he had a desire to get into it?
0: Yeah. I think this is his like his big first jump into okay. the coffee industry. Uh, he does love coffee. Yeah. I've gone and gotten coffee with him multiple different times. Nice. So,
1: so I think some, you know, like most of the audience, the people that listen to this are in the coffee industry, but some people are new and like starting their shops and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you have the machines and stuff that you recommended to him? Cause I think that's something people might be curious about.
0: Yes. I would say there's a lot of different ways you could go. Mm-hmm. He ended up getting uh, a machine from this guy who bought it from like a vegan store. Nice. That is like a weird connection. And he got a really good deal. Um, for anyone starting a cart, I would personally would suggest the Zoko GS3. Okay.
1: Um,
0: for That's that single group, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it's a great one to work with. Um, it's auto volumetric. Okay. So you do have like the capabilities of just cranking stuff out mm-hmm. at a, like a higher quality level yeah. because you are able to dial in with that versus having to manually pull every shot. Mm-hmm. I feel like that kind of restricts <laughs> you a little bit. Yeah. Um, but. La Marzocca is kind of just the solid route to go. Um,
1: I think you can get a bunch of different colors. Not that that's like the thing to think about, but yes. you know, if somebody's like, oh, I've got to have a yellow one, i appreciate pretty sure you can get a yellow one.
0: Yeah. And I've seen people now are uh, getting like- Like custom skins and stuff. Like they get them wrapped, oh, which is crazy. Sick.
1: That's super cool. But
0: I love La Marzocca's designs that they come out with mm-hmm. anyways, so.
1: So what's your, what's going to be your involvement in it? Is it just like a strictly barista production level type thing or are you doing any of the like business side of it as well?
0: Yeah. So he's kind of uh, nailing down everything business wise. Okay. Um, for like, I'm basically a glorified barista for him. <laughs> um, just uh, which
1: he, which he needs. Yes, yeah, of course. So, yeah. There you
0: go. Um, Cause he's a super busy guy. So like there's sometimes he's not able to make events. yeah. So I'll just run those for him. Um, There's a lot of times we're working together, Mm. uh, which is fun. Um, But yeah, just that. And then with being a little bit experienced in the coffee industry, Mm -hmm. being able to just help him and fill those gaps kind of.
1: What would you say is the biggest difference between doing, and I'm sure there, I know there are a lot, scenarios. But what do you think are like the biggest differences behind working with a cart and working in a brick and mortar shop?
0: Yeah. um, I think the cart is a unique opportunity because most of the time you're in a new space with like new uh, customers, if Mm -hmm. you will. Yeah. Um, And versus like being in a shop, you see the same people come in all the time. These are people you have relationships with so it's fun to just get to meet and interact with like mm-hmm. new people. Yeah. Um besides that,
1: are y'all popping up anywhere regularly?
0: Um not yet. Okay. Just kind of we did a, a lot of events at Sagu.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: which is a college in Waxati. that's probably the most regular thing we've done. We're also working with a a church a little bit yeah. called Peak Street. Okay. It's a small church, um doing stuff for them. That's awesome. But yeah.
1: Like for their like young adult stuff or just for, for whatever. Yeah.
0: For their Sunday morning stuff. Nice. That's yeah. awesome, dude. Some other churches as well,
1: but. That's very cool. Is there a projected like we want to do this for now, but we want to have a shop in two years or something along those lines. I mean, I don't want you to speak too no, much. Yeah. For
0: me, but um, not as far as I know Yeah. Uh, in that sense, but.
1: Is that something you would want to do?
0: I've, I've always had like a a small little (laughs) snippet of wanting to start a shop, especially just like working different places, going to different coffee shops, thinking, uh, maybe I would do this differently, uh, stuff like that.
1: But what would you, yeah. I mean, I think that's an interesting question to ask. What would you do differently after working at a couple of shops? I think that's, you know, it's, I think it's easy to be a customer and in the, you know, cafe and look and be like, Oh, well maybe I'd design this differently, but being behind the bar knowing a little bit of the operations, what's something that you would do differently?
0: Yeah. Um, I think definitely one thing I've noticed and you could probably agree with this is that most of the time when you're going to a shop and you're getting really good coffee, mm-hmm. you're getting pretty crappy customer service, <laughs> which
1: like there is a little bit of a disconnect sometimes yeah. between like, um, knowledge and specialty coffee mm-hmm. and the customer experience. Yes. For sure.
0: Yeah. I think there are definitely some places that like have that middle ground really well. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, like I went to uh, Nashville, mm-hmm. everybody's like, go to barista parlor, go to barista yeah. parlor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to barista parlor, had a great shot of espresso, Yeah. had terrible customer service. Oh, that stinks. I mean, it's like,
1: and it could have just been that one particular person or something like that. That's true. Yeah. And
0: I don't want to, you know, put a shame. Like sure. I love Breeze the Parlor and what yeah. they're doing.
1: They're super cool. I think they had nine years this month, which is nuts. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, their, their coffee's really good. Yeah, um, I got a couple bags to take home as well. But just, I think that's something I would want to really focus on is mm-hmm. like, I'd probably say like, number one is quality of coffee. Yeah. Number two would be like, how are we like making the customer environment? Right. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I feel like that's the thing that it doesn't really matter if, uh, if you have a good coffee, if you have terrible customer service, you're going to lose your <laughs> your customers. Oh yeah. Cause they'll find somewhere else that has good coffee. Exactly. I think that's the thing that, you know, you can always find a good product. You got to find the good people environment to really, to really work well,
0: especially in such like a field where there's so many shops.
1: Oh yeah, dude. That
0: you're competing with so much. So it's like, what makes your shop stand out?
1: Mm -hmm. I think about that, it's so like, I say frustrating because it kind of is, I don't know, that might sound like too strong of a word, but you know, we're in North Fort Worth right now, recording the episode by North Fort Worth. I mean like Fort Worth keeps buying land more and more North. And so it's like, we're really 20 minutes north of downtown right now, Mm -hmm. but there's not a lot of good specialty coffee shops in this area. Actually there's like, I would say zero good specialty coffee shops. Yeah within like a five to 10 mile radius here, you got to hike it down downtown or over to uh den or all the way out to Dallas really. Um, and that's not to say that like the shops that are here that are like kind of towing that line between not being Starbucks, but not being a specialty mm-hmm. craft coffee shop that they don't have good fun drinks. But if you, I mean, I just, it's, there's not like a, there's not a wayward or a merit or a sons or craft work isn't even for worth anymore, but there's nothing like that over where I'm at. Yeah. I think about that all the time, man. Yeah. I think there's, that's the cool thing to me is that despite the amount of coffee shops, there's still room to, to grow and to have new spots. Exactly. Yeah. I'd like to see one over here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's like, it's, it's super cool to see. I mean, even in the short period of time that I've been in the industry, just seeing how much it's grown since then. And you see like, Um, you see customers who come in and they like are getting lattes and getting like super sweet drinks Mm -hmm. and then like I've seen a lot of people like grow like a ton of people grow into like just drinking black coffee and that's it's just crazy it is man and so many people are just wanting to like strive to learn like coffee is in everybody's like almost everybody's lives Mm -hmm. like whether that's going to Starbucks before work whether that's pop in a A keurig Keurig. yeah in the morning
1: (laughs) you said pop and i was like there's only one thing that follows that
0: (laughs) and uh like nobody like for the most part no one knows about coffee Mm. like and that was something that was really cool about getting to work in a shop too was like people are just so used to just buying coffee Mm -hmm. going to a shop getting something but not really like knowing at all the process of how their drink is made yeah um like when you bring somebody like when i was at wire i know Uh, We would do like signature lattes, Mm -hmm. and like it blows my mind that people don't understand that like the espresso is only like two ounces of it. Yeah, and then the rest is milk, right? Versus they think, oh, like this is probably like half the whole thing espresso, half milk, or something like that. Yeah, or like, can I get like less espresso in that? Mm. Or like, I don't know, it's dumb, (laughs) but I think it's crazy how much people don't know about it, but are just like continually getting it every day.
1: Yeah. yeah, It's definitely something that's woven into like a a rhythm of most people's lives in some form or fashion. What got you into the coffee industry? I was going to ask that.
0: Yeah. uh, One of my good buddies, Joel um, kind of pushed me into it. Mm. Um, We uh, wanted to do some sort of like, coffee in a youth group at a church. Yeah. Um, and I was like, Oh, let's like, let's buy a super tre- cheap espresso machine mm-hmm. and like make lattes and yeah. stuff. He was like, no, no, no. We're going to buy like a 10 cup Kim and we're <laughs> going to like make two or three cups of coffee at a time. He's yeah. like, if you want to add sugar and cream to it, you can. Yeah. I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Cause he knows still like to this day, he still knows a ton more about coffee than I do. Um, but yeah, kind of forced me, taught me how to make pour-overs. Um, he he is like a, one of the really cool like floating V60s. How oh, nice. Uh, and so got to use that, super fun. Um, and so from there, I like kind of challenged myself. I was like, well, I don't want to <laughs> drink creamer and sugar in my coffee sure. every day. So like over the course of like two months, slowly started to like take stuff out of the coffee. And I would say it took probably- once I started to drink black coffee, it probably took me another two months to start enjoying it. Okay. And then.
1: Is there a roast you've enjoyed the most? It was like memorable enough to hit that marker.
0: Man. There's a Edison sold a Colombian once. It was really good. The name is.
1: Oh man. I think I had it on the show. Somebody did. And, um, shoot, I'm going to forget. I think I did a Peru and a Colombian from Edison in the last couple of months and so I cannot remember the Edison name of
0: Edison is killing it by the yeah. way. They're just doing great.
1: I've got a long time friend. It was so funny, dude. I ordered some uh, some bags for uh, episodes. I got a text from a friend from high school. It was like, hey man, just want to let you know I'm packing up your order over here. And I hadn't heard from him in um, I don't know, probably five years or so. Mm-hmm. And he's over there. Dustin, just killing it. I think, I, I think it. I've actually Dustin met him Dustin before. Sandville. Yeah. He's awesome, man. Him and his wife, I think are both there. Uh, and kind of get them on the show at some point. Yeah, but they're uh, they're doing something with traveling, like um, like a travel agency type thing, which is dope. I want to chat with them about that. Um, so when we were chatting before we did the episode, mm-hmm. um, you said you're kind of getting into photography. Yeah, is that specifically like surrounding coffee and coffee photography, or is it going beyond that? What do you want to do
0: with that? Yeah, I think I would love, uh, in some form or fashion, to do like coffee photography. Yeah. Um. I've done it a couple times before, had a blast doing it. Um, uh, One of my good friends, Keaton Mm. actually got, uh, got me into like wanting to do that. Uh, He's from Bricks. I was going to
1: say, yeah, I was like, I just talked to Paloma a couple days ago. (laughs)
0: There you go. Yeah. So he um, does a lot of stuff for Onyx uh, photography wise. He also does a ton of just different bars for like shooting Um, and seeing his stuff just kind of like maybe want to do that. Cause I'd only ever done portraits before that. Mm. And I still love doing portraits, yeah. especially for friends and family. Um, but it was just like a different challenge yeah. and it was really fun. So I think that's definitely something I'd like, like to do moving for sure. forward. So,
1: yeah, that's so funny. You said Keaton, I was like, I just talked to Paloma last week in an episode. That's gotta be the same person. Yeah. There's no way. Bricks
0: the- is killing it.
1: Dude. Okay. So she brought uh, their horchata syrup. Yes. and, <laughs> the first day, so the day after the episode, I made the first cup of it uh, just with like some oat milk. And dude, it is it is no question like the best quality syrup that I've so ever good. put in anything.
0: I've had it at Wayward once. It's and it was
1: really bonkers good. how good that stuff is.
0: Yeah, they uh, they were regulars at Rhino for a while. Oh yeah, and uh, would constantly bring us um, different like syrups to try. Mm-hmm. Like I remember the first thing they brought us was their vanilla. It was really good. Yeah, and then. I think the only other thing I got to try was their chai syrup, Mm. which was amazing.
1: Yeah. I want to try that one.
0: It's really good.
1: Yeah. Nice dude. So I've shot photography for a number of years now. Mm -hmm. What would you say is like something that Keaton has taught you specific to coffee photography versus portraiture? Do you feel like, like there's a specific framing style that he's using or is it a, shutter speed or anything that he taught you along those lines
0: a lot of stuff that i saw of his that i admired Mm -hmm. was and i haven't gotten to do this yet as much but um instead of just taking pictures of the drinks or Mm -hmm. taking pictures of the product he's taking uh, like he took a lot of pictures of like it being made in in the process which is really cool to me um i got to do like a mini shoot with one of my other friends noah um when he was at rhino as well and that was just really from fun. Wayward? Um, no. From Wayward? Not from Wayward. His name's Noah Niswonger. Nice he actually okay. works at Fiction now. Gotcha. At the new location. Nice. But Very cool. He's a cool guy. Yeah.
1: That's cool, man. So what is, um, do you feel like coffee's in your future in some form or fashion? How old are you? I didn't, I was going to ask. I'm uh,
0: 19. You're 19.
1: Okay. Yeah, so so you're a lot, and- lot of time in front of you. Oh yeah. I think you might be the, I think you're one of the younger guests someone else was 19 uh Catherine was 19 yes um, she's super cool she's super okay here's the other weird thing is that i think you will be episode 22 or so mm-hmm. the amount of interconnectivity amongst people that have come on the show is bonkers to me yeah so many people in the dfw coffee scene know each other which is really cool um so yeah, what do you feel like is is coffee a part of what you want to do is it something that you're just kind of like a you know, really interested in, and it's just kind of carrying you along the way.
0: Yeah, I think um, the best way for me to describe it right now is kind of just like a main hobby. Yeah. Um, I think I would definitely not hate to have a career mm-hmm. in coffee. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily something I'm striving for. Sure. Um, but something I really enjoy learning. Like, there's so much I don't know about coffee. Yeah. Which is crazy.
1: Dude, I just ordered the craft coffee book. Came in yesterday, mm-hmm. and I'm just flipping through it. I'm like, this thing is
0: dense. Yes, it's
1: dense, dude. I'm excited to read it.
0: Yeah, there's just there's so much science from growing it and mm-hmm. growing different plots of land, um, and to like roasting it. Yeah, to brewing it. Right. And the smallest adjustment right. changes the flavor drastically. Yeah, which is just mind blowing.
1: Yeah. I always, it's really fun to think about the number of people's time uh, and hours that go into one single cup of coffee. Yes. It's like that with everything. You have a good book that you really like reading. Well, thinking about the process of not just the author writing it, but like the person that bound it and the person, I mean, there's machines for all this stuff, but the amount of people that are involved in the creation of one single thing that we enjoy is really interesting to think about. Um, I like throwing kind of bigger than life questions into the episode sometimes. What is important to you?
0: Man, um I think first and foremost uh, is my relationship with Christ, mm. uh, which is a huge part of my life. yeah, and I think that kind of affects all other aspects of my mm. life.
1: I think that'd be hard to to follow it up with that and then something else.
0: Yeah, I mean <laughs> yeah. honestly that's pretty much it
1: <laughs> what um what do you feel like you're working through right now with uh, that in mind?
0: Man, um, I think I'm definitely in a big season of learning okay. um, and I would say a big season of listening yeah. um, and kind of just growing up in the church, um, knowing like, think, like at least thinking I know a lot mm. and then you like step out into adulthood, yeah. <laughs> like life just like lays you out yeah. and you're just like, hey God, like let's... Okay. Like, teach me something. Right. And so, definitely have learned a lot in the yeah. past, like, even in the past year. Yeah. Um, and so, definitely in a spot now where I just want to just stop trying to um, pursue, pursue, pursue something that isn't him mm-hmm. uh, and just want to just kind of halt for a second and yeah. just listen to what he has to say.
1: Yeah. So, dude, I'm having this interesting conundrum myself where I'm trying to figure out like what's worth spending time on. I love Star Wars. Oh, a lot of people great. who listen to the show know that I love Star Wars. <laughs> uh, I had conversations about it with a number of guests, but I have this interesting conundrum right now where it's like, there's no real like actual significance to watching it or enjoying it or, you know what I mean? Like at the end Besides of, entertainment. Besides entertainment, right. Yeah. Specifically entertainment. It's like, you know, the question that I always bring up is like, you know, at the end of life, am I, I mean, gonna care that I know what, this specific version of lightsaber fighting style means for this like yeah yeah like that stuff doesn't really aside from entertainment and so it's like how much how much of life and entertainment is worth how much of life is worth spending on entertainment it's a tough question anyways something that i've personally been yeah working through recently what do you feel like is something that you're learning learning has such a a large scope to it. Yes. Is there something tangible? Like it could be like specifically to the way that you interact with people in the coffee industry or something like that. Has that made its way into those things? Or you mean more so like learning as far as like character qualities of, of Jesus or something along those lines?
0: Yeah. I think it's probably a little, a little bit of mixture of both, Mm -hmm. um, just in how I interact with others. Yeah. Um, and, I come from like a very selfish background. Okay. So I think a lot roots from that. Yeah. Um, And just learning, Hey, like let's think about other people in Mm -hmm. the the split second of my mind, uh, which has been like hard for me to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a big thing. But then also, of course, I mean, I'm never going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be exactly like Jesus. So I do think that's like a, just a constant right. like chase yeah. after, like to, towards that. So. Yeah.
1: And I think, um, I'm kind of with you on that, dude. I, I've been journaling recently on the way that I value people mm-hmm. and just making sure that I'm not valuing them for what they can provide for my life, exactly. but like actually valuing them. That's such a um, specific difference to make in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with something as small as like, you know, not doing this now but doing episodes with with people it's mm-hmm. like you know not thinking about like oh i've got to turn on episodes so i've got to find a person to do an episode with but like actually sitting down and like truly caring about the conversation that i'm having that hasn't seeped into this podcast yet which i'm really thankful for mm-hmm. but making sure that i carry that mentality outside of of these episodes and um with other people in my world but yeah dude that's something i've kind of been noticing about myself lately is like trying to figure out how to make a very specific distinction in my brain of what valuing a person means. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, I had this conversation, was this like in the last episode or two episodes ago Um, about how it definitely feels like, it's like, what can you produce as a person and how can I find value in that? seems to be seeping into a lot of things. So just making sure that, uh, you know, we see each other for more than just the skill sets that we have, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So have you, been in disc golf a long time. Want to jump back to that. Yeah. How long have you played?
0: Um, I've probably been playing for three years now.
1: Okay. So. Is there a park in the area that you enjoy going to?
0: Ooh. Um, one I go back to quite a lot is um, there's one right by my house that they built. It's at a Cedar Valley College. Okay. It's a community college. Nice. Uh, super cool guy designed it. Uh, is 11, it nine or eighteen? Eighteen holes. Nice dude.
1: Full
0: Um, 18. Yes. And I love that one. I love, uh, man, all the names are now.
1: (laughs) Have you been over this way for any parks? Um, When you texted me that you were swinging by me, I was like, ah, dang, this dude's got to drive a little bit of a ways." Yes, it
0: was, it was a little far. (laughs) Um, I haven't been super far out this way. I've been Arlington. Okay. It's probably like closest.
1: There's uh, two parks over here. The one that I started at, is called Arcadia Park. It's nestled in like a neighborhood just Mm -hmm. south of here. And then there's North Park, which is where a lot of the tournaments for the Fort Worth area kind of happen. Yeah, uh, It's right on the highway and it's right on 820. Um, dude, I, I love playing, but I cannot for the life of me get a proper back, uh, what was that back end this yeah. way? Yeah, I, can, I have to throw forehand every single time yeah. when I'm driving. I don't know what it is. I cannot get the muscle memory down for that.
0: I was definitely like stuck in that too. Yeah. <laughs> it took a lot of hours of watching form yeah. on YouTube videos yeah. to kind of figure it out.
1: I feel like I watched, what's his name? I feel like I watched, is it Eagle that did a, a little like digital virtual thing? I want to say it was. Anyways, yeah, I feel like I watched this one 10 minute video. I want to say it was Eagle McMahon um, doing like how to drive and I just I feel like I'd, I would need hours on mm-hmm. a driving green to to figure that out. I haven't played in probably a year.
0: A big thing for me was just like finding the time to not just go play disc golf, but do like field work Yeah, well.
1: That's, that's what I would need to do. So
0: that definitely helped improve. Like I would just backhand every disc in my bag, yeah. like putters, <laughs> everything, pick them all up, forehand every disc, yeah. and then backhand it again. Nice. So,
1: Did you find a disc that you enjoyed throwing?
0: Um, Right now for me, it's uh, Innova's Mystere. Okay. It's like my favorite nice. uh, driver. Okay. It's a little bit understable, okay. which I found to be easier to throw on a backhand. Yeah. It's a lot more forgiving. Nice. Um, but then, besides that, I just switched putters. Okay. Breaking news. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> My first putter smelled like it had a, like, you remember Scratch and Sniff stickers? Oh, yeah. This putter had a strawberry scent baked into it. It's, I mean, it doesn't smell like it anymore, but it That's did crazy. for like two years, which was awesome. Yeah.
0: But I just switched from, a, I'd been using a lot of Judge molds mm. um, and I switched to the disc mania uh, p2 okay so
1: very cool man that's yeah. awesome i thoroughly enjoy that sport that's one of those things that i like i saw the baskets growing up i lived in tulsa oklahoma and there's mm-hmm. a whole set of baskets down um one of the highways there that's by a, a walking trail on the river um but i never played until a couple of years ago and it's just one of the most enjoyable sports i've ever played yeah.
0: what i love about it is you don't have to be
1: like athletic, you don't have to take yourself too seriously at all, you can just yeah, chill,
0: I'll take like I have a bunch of extra discs in my yeah. trunk that I just keep, and so I'll just take anybody out, and like the thing about that is like you can play disc golf without really competing oh, yeah. with someone, yeah, um, and so and that was like I think the thing that really just made me attach to it at first is even mm-hmm. as a beginner and even just being terrible, yeah, it was still fun, and I saw it a good time, yeah, so.
1: That, um, yeah, dude, I, I definitely enjoy playing, talking about it makes me want to go. I have three discs. I only have oh, my, my driver, my mid and my putter. I don't have like a, a full set anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I definitely want to get out in there and play. Um, is there any lessons that you feel like getting into disc golf kind of wove their way back into your, into your other aspects of your life?
0: Yeah. Um, I grew up playing uh, regular golf as well. Oh, okay. And I think the same lesson from both is like, they're both like mental games. Mm -hmm. Um, especially like I used to like compete in like golf tournaments, like throughout high school. And if I had a bad shot and I got mad at myself, Mm -hmm. it was over. Like I would do terrible the rest of the day. And I think that's kind of like the same attitude I've learned to have in life Mm -hmm. is like, okay, cool. Um, my car breaks down. Mm -hmm. I don't have money to fix it right now. Right. Okay. Instead of just being frustrated at that, like how can I like, just yeah. enjoy this time period of my right. life. So
1: yeah, just kind of settle into it and just not, you know, take it for what, and just take it for what it is. Yeah, not make a bigger deal about it than what it is. That's a good perspective, man. What else? What other hobbies are you enjoying?
0: Um, besides disc golf, regular golf as well. Yeah, yeah. I that. Yeah. Um, getting back into that photography.
1: Yeah, I guess we touched on quite a few. Yeah,
0: skateboarding a oh, little yeah? bit. Nice, so, dude. Trying to. Pick that up, yeah. A lot harder than it looks,
1: dude. That's one thing. I just turned thirty. That's one thing that I wish I would have given more time to. Because, mm. okay, this is ridiculous, but I have three boards.
0: Mm.
1: I just don't. I don't ride any of them. Yeah, I wish that I would have. Um, but that's one of those things I think just has a lot of a lot of lessons built into it. You can fail on a skateboard as many times oh, as, yeah. as you you know ride a skateboard, um, but yeah, I've got a nice Boba Fett penny board and then i've got two uh i've got a cruising longboard and then just a regular park board Mm -hmm. so jump back to uptown East coffee for just a little bit and then we'll do the the closing segment for the show so for anybody that's interested in starting a coffee cart what do you feel like is a good way to kind of set yourself up for success what did you advise uh your friend whenever he came to you like hey this is the idea that i've got did you have any like hey it's it is fun but these are the things that you need to consider before you really jump in
0: Yeah, I think uh, it's a lot more of a financial burden than people think it is. Yeah, see, I think about that because it's like,
1: yeah, the espresso machine's like six grand and then you probably have like another three grand or so in like equipment costs.
0: Just equipment. Just equipment. And then you have to like start accounting for the cart itself whether right. you're buying a cart or yeah. building a cart.
1: Yeah. Did y'all build or buy?
0: Um, Sawyer built a cart. Nice. Very and cool. it's amazing. It has like a running sink on it. Everything. No way. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: That's pretty cool. Um,
0: it's, it's been super fun to work with that cart. Yeah. Um, but then besides that for him, it was also uh, buying a trailer mm. um, to like oh, transport, that's right. you you gotta transport the car. Yeah. And I've like, a lot of times I've just like, had the idea of like starting a cart Mm -hmm. and I've even put together lists of like all my like pricing needs. And then it comes out and I'm like, Oh, I have a small sedan. (laughs) Like I can't fit any of this in there. Right. So
1: not in the, in the Chevy (laughs) cruise,
0: not in the Chevy (laughs) cruise.
1: My, uh, the first person that I knew that had a coffee cart, uh, they've got a brick and mortar over by Dallas now. Anyways. Yeah. The trailer cost. I would have never even thought about that. Yeah. Anytime that I think about starting a cart, I'm like, how could I get this to where it's kind of a little bit more like I can break the, like it has hinges on it or something like that to where I could break it down and get it into my forerunner. Yeah. But yeah, dude, the trailer cost. I didn't, yeah, it's like four grand. It is crazy. For a good trailer. Yeah. It might it, be cheaper than that. I
0: don't know. It's like, you definitely, <laughs> you're not going to start making money on it for yeah. a while. Yeah. Right. So you have to have like good connections with people mm-hmm. and, um, uh, like a really smart decision with him yeah. was to like reach out to me because mm. I've gotten him a couple events. Yeah, because um, like I've known, like, and it was the events at the colleges. I I knew that mm-hmm. there is was that where
1: a, you're at college.
0: Uh, I'll be going there in the fall. Nice. Okay. So yeah, um, like I knew there were events that I wanted a coffee cart yeah. and that needed a coffee cart. Right. And then on the other hand, I knew Sawyer right. and I knew he needed yeah and just stuff to do. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was perfect. Connect the two. Yeah, just like stuff like that. Like he's there's been times he's done three different events in a week, mm-hmm. which is Dang. crazy. Uh, and he's at the point now to where he's finally going to start making some profit on it, That's which good. is awesome for him. And I love that for him.
1: How long ago did he start it? Last year, last year. So he's That's not too bad. He's man, been able, able to
0: turn it around pretty quickly, yeah. which has been awesome.
1: I think events are definitely the way to go to kind of get that, uh, financial part rolling back in on a, yes. like an unexpected an base because when I think about it, I think about how many drinks can you produce in the space of an hour? Mm-hmm. And if you're charging X number of dollars per drink, well, then you're coming out to whatever it is. But if you can do an event where, you know, you can have a setup fee and, you know, expected number of guests, and that might not be how many you serve, but you know that you're going to walk away with this much money. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a good way to kind of uh, recuperate that initial cost on, a, on an expected base. Because if you're just, you know, I've got a friend, I've got a couple of friends that are like located in shops mm-hmm. and theirs is dependent on customers coming to them. Whereas the event based stuff, you know, you know, as long as you've signed up for an event, you're going to get X number of hundred dollars per event that you do. Exactly. Which is helpful to do.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think as far as I know, he hasn't really uh, done any like charging per drink. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been events, yeah. which has been awesome.
1: Yeah. What is he? So he does like full menu.
0: Yeah. Full menu. Um, we do teas. Um, it's teas, lattes, cappuccinos. Nice. Iced. They're hot. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: That's cool. The people that I know that are out by Dallas, um, it was a coffee experience. Is there a cart or was there a cart? I'm not sure if they're still doing it anymore, but it was strictly Chemex. And that was it. I respect it. And um, dude, they just like cranked out the black coffee at these events. And I was like, this is, that's where the cost, the initial cost, if that's what you're going to start out with, is really cut down pretty low because you don't have an espresso machine to do. You don't have milk. You don't have to run, you know, water lines or anything like that. Um, So. How many
0: did they have going at once?
1: Mm, How many like Chemexes did they have going at once? Yeah. They kind of did an interesting thing where they would brew for the 30 minutes before the event started. Okay. And they had like air pots that they would keep it in so that they could serve, you know, multiple cups in a line Mm -hmm. um i don't know i did an event uh, at the church that i work for i also do some of the coffee stuff for them and um i just brewed on origami on uh little glass servers and i did as people came up Mm. there's a little bit more stress to that oh for sure but i think that the experience for the customer is a little bit um I don't know when you see a line for something or when you see people around something, you're, it kind of creates a curiosity. Mm-hmm. And so if you have an expected um, turnaround time for, you know, a couple of minutes or something like that depends on how many people you want to serve. But I do like for the amount of people that were there it was good to have the kind of a, a hold pattern so that people could see like the buzz around mm-hmm. what was going on. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Speaking of like that and going back to Breeze the parlor. Yeah. When I was there uh, visiting Nashville, I saw something I'd never seen before. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, baristas was brewing two V60s at oh, the yeah. same time. yeah, Like double hand yeah. kettles.
1: That's what one of the owner would do on a regular basis. That's that. crazy. It was crazy to watch because like most of us have one dominant hand, but it was at that point in time where it was like, that didn't, that didn't exist with this guy. It was just like, just consistent <laughs> on crazy. both hands. And I was like, dude, how in the world? Cause I, I can't do it. I can't do the double pour. I just like, I'll think about my left hand not being my dominant hand and then yeah, then it's all shot.
0: So many times I've been making a pour over and just doing one and my mind drifts to something else and then (laughs) next thing you know, I'm 10 grams past my like, like, man, I shot
1: 300 last week. How could I have done better on whole six? Exactly. (laughs) So, Well, dude, we've got one uh, segment on the show. It's the closing segment. It's called Name That Drink. Um, Who is your favorite character across movies books tv shows whichever you enjoy the most
0: i would i'd would probably have to go with sean spencer
1: sean spencer okay from
0: the show psych
1: okay dude oh my gosh i was gonna say like i know that name but that dude i watched that show so long ago so good so many pineapples
0: it is yeah <laughs> it's it's crazy to me it, that is my all-time favorite show yeah. i think i can relate to him more than any other character and any other. He's a good character. Yeah,
1: for sure, man. So Sean's walking around in between solving some case and uh, decides he needs some coffee to, to keep him going. Uh, What is he going to order at the shop that he stops in at?
0: He doesn't really strike me as a, as a coffee connoisseur. (laughs) No. Um, I would say probably something that he would think is strong. Yeah. Uh, So definitely an extra shot. Yeah, and it probably just like a latte with an extra shot. Nice. He didn't seem super extra.
1: Yeah. Nice dude. Where can people find yourself or the coffee card on Instagram? Follow y'all. What you're going to be doing in the future?
0: Yeah, for me, uh, my Instagram is at Andrew underscore Martell. Nice. Or Andrew Martell Photography on Instagram. Nice. Uh, And then on Instagram for Uptown East Coffee is at Uptown East Coffee. So
1: no, like weird, like having to throw any numbers at the end of it or anything like that that's nice
0: he was very good at like making sure he had the domain name yeah everything so
1: that's where i kind of sit too man it's like it drives me bonkers that i don't have at no creamer for the instagram handle but the person that has it uh has there's like nothing on the profile uh, and it's knock noc reamer is the name and i'm just like knock come on just you know
0: that's the same ha- way with at Andrew Tell Yeah. So now I am I have an underscore.
1: Yeah. My name is so Nick Richards is basically like John Smith. Yeah. As far as like how many people have my name. That's and it's just like absolutely impossible to get any type of social media handle, which I don't have it anymore. So First not to problems. worry about it. that's exactly right. First of all, problems. <laughs> I've got the web domain. That's all right. Uh, dude, it has been a joy having you on the show. Thanks yeah, for, uh, thanks for hiking it over from Dallas. Thanks for having me, man. It's been awesome. <laughs> absolutely, dude. As always, no coffee is harmed in the making of this episode because this is No Creamer. (laughs)